Welcome to Education 3.0, the new podcast from Kennesaw State University's iTeach Center, where we delve into educational topics like personalized learning, instructional coaching, and the maker movement, and where we get a chance to meet the incredible teachers, administrators, coaches, and students that are out there doing the work every day. And welcome to the park bench. Hello, everybody. Andy Boyle joining you again here on this kind of beautiful afternoon in Kennesaw. We are live up here in the Bagwell College of Ed. And with me today, I have a very special guest. I have uh, KSU I teach instructional technology specialist Kristen Sambita. And Kristen is joining us today uh, on location at the park bench. She normally, though, is coaching for us uh, in a large contract in two elementary schools down in southwest Atlanta. Um, these are two, uh, what some people might describe as um, tough schools to work in, um, struggling schools. They're both 100% free and reduced lunch. Uh, Both would be probably described as struggling schools as far as uh, state uh, grade cards go. Um, Both have struggled with teacher turnover in the past, but uh, Kristen seems to think that they are doing better these days. Um, And both are struggling right now with kids reading uh, either at or above uh, grade level right now. So some of the things that, uh, you know, some of the struggles that we deal with as coaches in the schools. So without further ado, let me introduce Kristen Sambita. Kristen, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Andy? Yeah, hey, I'm doing really well today. Uh, I rode my motorcycle and I didn't get rained on. So that is always a good day for me. Um, so thank you so very much for taking time out of your day uh, and joining me. I know you guys were collaborating and, and working. Uh, you're working with some other coaches today. So thank you so very much for, uh, for pulling yourself away from there and, um, you know, giving the podcast some time and the listeners some time to get to know you um, and hopefully some of the strategies and successes and, and things that um, maybe some takeaways you'll, you'll offer them uh, today at the end of the show. So um, thanks. Great. My pleasure. Uh, all right, good. So, Kristen, we always like to start out uh, with kind of getting to know the coach. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Um, I know you've got some very interesting um, things you've done in the past in nature, and you have enlightened us as coaches on an outdoor retreat where we got to learn outside. So um, tell everybody about, you know, some of your unique experiences and, and in specific, uh, your journey to iTeach. Yeah, so um, I've been teaching in Georgia for the last um, ooh, 21 and a half years. Come on. Yeah, I started in Savannah, Chatham, and um, was I went to Forsyth for a couple of years, and I was in Fulton County for a couple of years, and then I was in APS. Um, and I got to do a lot of really cool, fun things. I taught elementary school and middle school, um, and... One of the best things that I did was um, I applied to be a teacher ranger. I I met one of the rangers came out to our school to do a free field trip. They used to have a program called Ticket to Ride. And she told me that they employed teachers over the summer and they got to basically be a ranger. They got to experience what ranger life was. They got to write some curriculum. And I had the opportunity to do that at the Chattahoochee National Recreation Center. So that was a great experience. Um, And it opened my my mind to, to STEM and project-based learning. Right. It was a great experience. It, it really sort of catapulted the way I thought about curriculum and instruction. That's very cool. And I know you you took us down the river um, 
on one of our group retreats and, and showed us kind of what that would look like for kids. And what a, what a really cool, unique opportunity to not just learn about local fauna and local flora, but to actually get out on the river and touch it and smell it and, you know. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible place. And my favorite thing is bringing people who've never been on the river on the river. And we've brought a lot of inner city groups that um, we partnered with the YMCA and we would take them for their first time on the river. And just to see the kids really enjoying that and doing something new and taking risks and challenging themselves is, is really exciting for me. Yeah, what a, what a wonderful learning opportunity. So, uh, you know, cheers to you for getting out there and taking that risk personally. <laughs> And for, you know, cheers to you for then inviting, inviting students to, to share in that wonderful experience that you had. So that's fantastic. I, know, I, don't, I don't think a lot of teachers would have the, the bravery or the courage to, to A, do that themselves, but B, to invite kids who have never had that experience to take them. And, and I know that's a big risk. So Yeah, and my heart, um, as you know, from my background, has always been in Title I schools. I spent a few years outside of them, and I always go back to Title I schools. Me too, me too. That's I spent all but one year um, in my classroom days in Title I schools, and it's... Um, you go through withdrawal, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. It's, it's a different experience if you've never taught in a Title I school, um, but... Uh, Extremely rewarding. It is, it is. The payout at the end of the day is, is very rewarding, um, which, is, which is all teaching, I think. I think that's why a lot of us do it, is for, you know, we put in that hard work up front for oh, those... Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, for those hugs on the last day of school and, and the tears when they're graduating. And, and, you know, some of us have had the joys of running into them 10 years later when they have families and they still call you coach. And, yeah. um, you know, those are that's definitely... Uh, it sticks with you. It does. So, all right, fantastic. So that's a unique journey. We haven't heard anything like that yet on the podcast. So, Kristen, I'm glad you're here. How, how in particular, tell us more about how you found iTeach or how did we find you? How did you hook up with iTeach? Well, um, I actually uh, was in Vanguard in Fulton County Schools, okay. and um, I know that that uh, I teach works with them. Yeah. Um, and the hashtag episode five, I think that was. Yes, the hashtag episode five. Um, so uh, I was I was able to work with some great people, and I remember my first Vanguard meeting. Um, I think it was like Callie and Stephanie and Heather, and they were doing the nene and. Um, and I was like, oh, I want to work with them. Right. <laughs> they just were inspirational and positive and doing creative things. And they're just very inspiring. Now, were all those guys you just named, Heather, Callie, Stephanie, they were all Vanguard at one point. And then I teach at another. So were they Vanguard at that point or I teach at that point? Do you know? Oh, I think they were I teach. They were I teach at that point. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Um, well, that's good. We, uh, uh, it certainly is a energetic group. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the coaches that, that now work with us have a very similar experience where, uh, you know, they get to see what we do out there in the field and the energy that we bring and the, the love for what we do. Um, and they said, that's what they said. Yeah, that's the kind I of people. I want to do that. Exactly. Yeah. You want to sur surround yourself with people that are innovating and challenging themselves and challenging each other and, being positive and, you know, just just doing great work. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are super excited to have you. We're glad you uh, you took yet another leap of faith and joined the team. So uh, welcome, and, and we're glad you're here. So 
Um, tell us, Kristen, we always ask because, you know, coach life is, is different than teacher life. Um, and uh, so we like to kind of hear about, um, about what, what a day is like for a coach. We've heard our first three uh, coach features were all coaches that were on the north side of town in Atlanta here. Um, and these next three um, are focusing on teachers on the south side of town. Um, so tell us a little bit about what your average day looks like. Okay, so um, I spend most of my time probably co-teaching and co-planning. Um, I'm in the classroom as much as I can. Um, it's a challenging um, environment that I'm in, and having an extra body in the room, working with the kids and um, giving them different strategies is really important. So um, I try to just embed myself in the classroom as much as possible to be a coach and an aide and just to, you know, show strat help the teachers with strategies to help personalize learning to meet their the students' needs. And the needs are very diverse down there and they're very um I mean they're challenging. I don't know what else to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, very cool. So in in your elementary school, do you spend do you, do you find yourself spending more time in a grade level or a group of grade levels, I know a lot of times we block them. I, I do in my head. I block them like K2, 3, 5. Yeah. Um, do you find one area that, well, I think that the K calls on you more or that you have a calling to more? I think I have a calling more to 3, 5, but I think the K2 teachers um, tend to use me more, um, mainly because they're trying to figure it out. Right. You know, how to use technology with these students and I think in the North, maybe the students had had an opportunity to use more technology at home. Right. Um, but when, when you come into a school where you have 100% free and reduced lunch, the kids don't have technology at home. They don't have internet at home. They don't know how to use the devices. Right. And they don't know what's possible to do on the devices. So um, trying to get in at an early age and and show them some ways that they can demonstrate learning by making videos or by doing a podcast. Right, right. <laughs> Come on, right? You ding, know, ding, ding. or by doing visual things because the reading's so low. So creating, you know, visual depictions of, of their knowledge, I think is so needed at an early age. Right, right. That's fantastic. I, um, you know, I was a, a high school teacher and when I go in elementary schools, I sweat. Uh, so, um, I think it's fun, but I always, you know, I, I did have fun. Um, I taught a couple of kindergarten classes, um, coaching with some kids, and I, I had fun with it, but, but it definitely, it's definitely a different art form, um, working with elementary school um, age kids than it is high school age kids. So, you know, applause to all of you out there that can do that and that have the patience um, it does require a lot of to, to do that. And, you know, I, I find it very interesting that you talk about kids not having resources at home and coming into schools and not knowing, you know, how to do a lot of these things. I'm, I'm going to get on a soapbox one second because I was talking with a with a with another educator on Twitter um, just this week about the term digital native and how I feel like um, the term has done such a disservice to our students. Right. Uh for you know, ten years, we all kind of assumed that these kids knew how to use devices, mm -hmm. um, you know, to learn and for school. And you know, the you know, the long of it is the too long don't read. Uh, they don't. Mm -hmm. And so we're really, I think the the earlier that we can get to students, if we can get to them in the K two and in the three five, and really start showing them how these devices and these resources can be used for learning. Mm 
and mm-hmm. to to help them drive their own learning, um, you know, that that's only going to yeah. increase student outcomes so much more on the, you know, I think it's going to be exponential. The growth that we get by the time they get to high school, if that, you know, if the executive function is in place, that they have the motivation and the know-how, the resources are there, um, you know, who knows where these kids can can steer themselves and exactly. let their own Exactly, and they find their own talents. Like, they find, like, you know what, I'm very good at designing. Right. Or I'm, like, I'm great at coding. You know, if you, we if we show them at an early age, I mean, who knows, that may lead to a career in technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's um, fantastic. That's good stuff. Um, okay. So how do teachers normally, um, in your schools, Kristen, how do teachers get in, get in touch with you for the most part? Do you send out news? You know, we have some coaches, they send out newsletters or, you know, they've got a shared calendar, a Calendly or, um, you know, they just flag you down in the halls. To, <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> how, how is, uh, you know, how do you, how are you? How are your teachers getting in touch with you? If we've got a coach listening, you know, that's kind of starting to coach on their own, how how are they reaching and having other teachers reach them? Um, so at one of my schools, they primarily use Calendly because um, I've been there longer. Okay. And so they know kind of what services I provide and how I can work with the students. So they pretty much book me, and it's sort of competitive. They try to get in oh, on my yeah. calendar before anybody else. There you go. Um, but then I try to leave some space for this, the teachers that might be apprehensive and go and talk to them and find out what they're doing in their classroom and talk to them about, like, how I might be be able to show them some things that they can do or, or help out. Um, and then at the other school, um, I I do both, but I, I would say that I... I primarily um, sit on sit in on meetings and talk to them about their lesson plans, and then we devise a plan from there. Okay. So I'm pretty busy at both schools, um, but the way that they schedule me is different. That's interesting, yeah. So if you're out there wondering how, you know, you want to coach or maybe you've been challenged or tasked with a, by a principal to get out there and start sharing some of the cool things you're doing, um, you know, Calendly is a good idea, but yeah. maybe sitting in on those department planning sessions and those department PLCs are great ways to, to get recognized and start booking appointments yeah. and, and meeting with teachers. Yeah, like one teacher was just saying, you know, he had, his students were writing up reports on black cowboys, which is like a fifth grade standard. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should make some green screen videos. And he's like, yeah, when can you come? So a lot of it's, yeah, yeah. you know, very organic sometimes, yeah. the scheduling. Um which, which I like, because I like to be doing lots of different projects. Yeah. So. so is that, can we show Blazing Saddles in that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a bike I was always Maybe we have to get a parent release, parent release form. <laughs> we don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> Great. All right, all right. Probably not appropriate for those K2 classes. No. But, um, okay, fantastic. So, so that's interesting. Um, good stuff. So tell us, Kristen, about... Um, Share with us a, a success that you've had. And maybe, um, you know, maybe it's a success you've had with a teacher that you haven't been able to reach, or maybe you've had this student that you've been really working with and um, trying to, to get to blossom or to, to take a leap of faith or an admin or, or, um, or somebody in the building. So I'm, I'm sure you've got a success story. Why don't you, I do. You know, Actually, share with us. I, I will say that um, working in Title I schools, I find that the teachers are very... Um, they, they want you in their classroom. They want the extra help. They want to learn. I mean, I've found I've only had very good experiences with the teachers, so I haven't had a lot of challenges with them. Um, but I have had a, a, a success. One of the classes that I was in last week, we were um, 
the students were, were doing some kind of project for Native Americans, and this one particular student was making a sway. And um, I actually taught at the school before I was coached there, so I knew this student, and I knew that his family background was very troubled um, and that he was receiving counseling, but he was still having major behavioral and academic issues. Um, and he was in third grade and was really still having a lot of trouble reading and writing. Right. Um, but he was so proud that he was creating this sway that he was sounding out words and trying his best to write, and his teacher had to stop him because it was time for them to go to specialist, and he threw a fit. And he, he normally throws a fit, but she right. was like, well, this is the first time he's thrown a fit to stop work. Right. So <laughs> that was a great success. Right. Like we were just, I, it was great to see him, you know, two years later from when I taught there and really just motivated and inspired because we had found something that met his need. We had personalized right. learning to, to really engage him. Right. Well, fantastic. Well, good for you and good for that, that classroom teacher who was, who was willing and able to, you know, to let him find a way that he could, um, that he could engage in class and maybe demonstrate what he's learning and what he's into and, um, you know, how often do you see kids throwing fits because they want to continue working? So <laughs> Yeah, we'll take those. Yeah, I'll take those all day long. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you can come to my house and work with my children. <laughs> I've yet to experience that fit uh, with my own children. So uh, what a nice success. So that's great. Um, it's not all uh, peaches and cream, though. You know, as we all know, we all have challenges. Um, we all have struggles. So what are um, – tell us about a challenge – that, that you're dealing with in one of your schools, or maybe it's in both of your schools? Um. Well, I, I, I had this challenge last year when I started at my first school, and now I'm having it again because I'm starting a new school. When you go into Title I schools, um, there's often, it's, it's very difficult to get the students to trust you because, you know, these schools have about a 50% mobility rate. They don't have a lot of structure and safety in their life, and so when someone new comes in, they don't know who you are. They don't know who your what your agenda is. Right. Um, and they're like, oh, is this just something else? So, um, you know, just having to win the students over um, so that they trust you to help them succeed is, is, is really challenging. Yeah, yeah, that, that is. And I, from my years in schools and, and in Title I schools, that was always um, – I think the hardest hurdle to get over yeah. was establishing trust. Um, but once we did, you know, that... Yeah, you have to build those relationships before you can do anything else. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like with those kids in particular, there's a lot of things going on outside of the building that, that take precedence in their lives. Of course. Um, and so that trust door, it's always like this giant, heavy wooden door in my mind. Right. I, I was going to visualize it, but, but once, once they get it open... It's this giant gaping opening yeah. where it's like this highway of love and respect and and understanding, you know, that, you know, some kids may open a door and it's a very narrow door and not let a lot in. But, you know, some kids open that door and it's wide open and, right. and they just really will pour their hearts out to you. And, and once they do, you know, that's, of course, when they're ripe to learn and to, to receive all that 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 you or the, or the teacher has to offer, and that's that's a great thing. It is, and it's nice that, you know, at iTeach that we're able to have a long contract and we're able to stay in schools for extended time because we build those relationships, and when we build those relationships, 
the other things will come. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We, we talk about it a lot on this podcast that relationship building is so huge. And it really, you know, as we talk about, I think as we get through this interview, we'll talk about some things later. But, um, you know, just in how one of the things that are in how our role has changed at ITG and what we do you know, we no longer really go in for that one and done, sit and get kind of instructional um, professional development anymore. And I think one of the main reasons we don't do that is because, you know, we know that without that relationship piece, the learning isn't really happening. It's not sticking. Um, and so, you know, even as coaches, being able to come in and establish relationships, that's how, that's how we're starting to see teaching change. And teaching shift from those traditional methods to these, you know, what we're calling education 3.0. And it's, it, it will not happen without relationships and without trust. Um, Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. Very cool. So we like to ask, uh, we like to ask a lot of our coaches what they're reading or their favorite movies. But you, Kristen, have a special interest um, in cooking. I so do. I love to cook. Tell us about, if I was going to come to your house tonight for dinner, I want to know, what would I have for dinner, and, <laughs> and what would be coming out of the speakers while, and I'm hopefully, hopefully I like to cook too, so I'm hoping you would invite me to A, help you cook. Yes. And then... Um, so what are we going to be cooking, and what are we going to be listening to while we cook? Oh, I don't... Oh, that's a great question. So, um... I like to be creative in the kitchen, and I like to create new new dishes, um, and I've really been into pokey lately. Pokey? Yes. Do you know what that is? I do not. It's a Hawaiian um, fish dish. Hawaiian fish? Yes. It's kind of like sushi deconstructed. Ooh. So um, some sushi rice. Actually, we'll put some apples in there. Okay. Some salmon. Um, maybe some nori. Um, some sriracha and some ponzu sauce. Okay. So we're, we're going to go with a, a poke bowl. <laughs> so if we're cooking Hawaii, are we got like some luau music? Oh, some maybe beach? some Elvis. So that's exactly what I yeah. was thinking. Luau or uh, something along those lines. So some pokey and Elvis. Fantastic. I love it. So I love that. I love that as well. And while we're talking about cooking, let me just, I've asked a couple of, of coaches this question on the podcast. Um, if you, if, if personalized learning was a cake. Yes. All right. And you, we have all these ingredients. What for you, you know, pick, pick one or two main ingredients that you can't make a personalized learning cake without. Oh, okay. Um, you can't make a personalized learning cake without ears because you have to hear um, what, the learner needs and you also have to hear what the teacher is um is in need of as well um what else can't you make a per oh you can't make a personalized learning cake without varied strategies you have to have different strategies well whether they're hands-on or going back to the river place-based education or using tech in technology integration so lots of different ingredients for the varied strategies and then, like, you know, just listening for for time and and needs. Fantastic. I like that. Yeah. It's kind of a strange cake. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm married to a counselor, so listening is very important in my house. She's a great listener. Um, and I think, I think that you've hit that nail on the head, that personalized learning 
requires great listening because we've got to hear our students. We've got to hear what they're telling us. And sometimes they may not come right out and tell us, yeah. right, with their words. Mm -hmm. But we've got to be able to listen t and see what they're doing so that we can address their needs personally. So I love that listening and the varied strategies. That's fantastic. That's good stuff. I hope you guys are taking notes out there. So, because <laughs> um, Kristen has given you the good stuff. Um, all right, Kristen. So, you know, personalized learning is, is, is not about a tool. At, here at the, the IT Center, we used to really be tool focused. Um, four or five years ago, I think everyone kind of in this EDU, instructional tech um, kind of, 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 you know, the, the instructional tech centric jobs, if you will, were really tool heavy. You know, so we used to really just go out and teach tools, but we're right. really moving away from that. Um, and so personalized learning, we know, is not about the tool, but more about teaching and learning um, with the availability of these resources out there. But that being said, if you had a favorite tool, all right, so I'm going with the human brain. The human brain. Yes, it's the best tool, and it kind of goes with the, the cake. You know, you have to listen and think and start from start from the basic ingredients and build up um and then once you 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 listen to the teachers and listen to the students and fit and look at the standards then you can use your brain to help create where you want to go yeah so i want to see the look on someone's face when they're eating the personalized learning cake that looks like a brain <laughs> and the first bite has a ear in it yeah, that's kind of gross. <laughs> but it is, it is, it is October, so. Yes, it is. It is a Halloween personalized learning yes. cake. Halloween-themed personalized learning cake. I love it. Fantastic. All right, Kristen, so a little bit about you. Are you uh, beaches or mountains? Um, I am beaches. I love to swim in the ocean and kayak and um, get sandy. Any fear of sharks? Because that now is my fear when I go to the beach. No, but maybe I should have a fear of sharks. Yeah. More jellyfish. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. So my wife did get stung by a jellyfish when we were in Jamaica years ago on our honeymoon. And um, what the man ended up doing was pouring like a whole bottle of rum on her leg and massaging the poison out. Oh. Yeah, I Did sat it work? there. She loved it. <laughs> she loved it. I sat there dumbfounded, like, what just happened here? Hold on. I'm the husband here. Um, she loved it, so she didn't complain anymore after that. Uh, but interesting. So, you know, while we're talking about beaches and sharks, have you ever seen, um, the, is it the, the NOAA, the the website that tracks yeah, the yeah, sharks? The oh, they track Not the sharks. weather one, yeah. Oh. So the NOAA might be weather, but there's one out there that tracks sharks. Um, and there's a big, gigantic, 16-foot uh, great white. Her name is Mary Lee. She has her own Twitter handle. I think it's oh, just at Mary Lee. Some serious citizen science here. And they <laughs> literally, like, she's got a thing on her. And they, you know, they track her all the way up from, like, you know, New England and Canada. She goes all the way down to, like, the Bahamas and um, has gotten so close. This is for real. Go check her out. She got within, like, five feet of the beach in Jacksonville, Florida, off the coast of Jacksonville, Florida. So whenever my buddies uh, say, yo, we're going down to the beach this weekend without me, I send them a link to that website. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Keep an eye out for Mary Lee. Mary Lee. So, yeah, so check her out, science people. If you're listening out there, you got kids into sharks, uh, go find that website and, and track Mary Lee and figure out where she is. So she's a gigantic 
16 foot wow. great white that's that's cruising up and down can the can i uh, change to mountains <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> cool uh, that's very cool very cool so um so let's talk about um you know i've kind of alluded to the fact that our roles here at iteach have changed you know pretty dramatically over the last three four five years um what do you see, Kristen, um, and this industry is changing pretty dramatically right now, at least we hope it is. What do you see your role or the instructional coach role? What do you see, um, what do you see on the horizon for, for five or, or 10 years? Um, I, I really think that, you know, with the, well, I, I hope that um, KSU, and I think it's already starting to do this, is going to continue to personalize their own path, um, you know, where they might have some coaches that are strictly devoted to writing curriculum and some coaches that are, you know, embedded in the classroom and some coaches that are running makerspace camps or driving a makerspace bus. Um, So I hope that, you know, as as we continue to grow, everyone finds their niche. And, you know, of course, you can move outside of your niche, but, you know, you kind of specialize in one area. Um, So and I think that also, you know, just blended learning is just going to continue to grow. Right. You know, we're going to be able to harness the power of technology with the power of teaching and, like, find a great balance between the two. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. That's what we're all uh, looking for. Um, so before we go, before we sign off, do you have any uh, words of inspiration for maybe there's a teacher out there who's who's in a tough school, um, you know, or, or struggling to reach uh, some kids, or maybe it's a it's a coach struggling to reach some teachers or a school. You got any words of encouragement that you can throw their way um, before we sign off? Yeah, I mean, I just want to con- you know to tell them that you know you are in a very important place and you're doing very important work, and that to persevere and to keep on keeping on because your work matters. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Fantastic. Well, Kristen, let me thank you so very much. Uh, for coming out and giving us your time today. And I almost forgot, uh, for our listeners out there that want to, maybe they want to follow or keep up with you or maybe even reach out to you. You got a Twitter handle? You got a way they can reach I out do. to you? I um, do. It is KMSTeach31. So there you go. That's Kristen Simbita at KMSTeach31 on Twitter. Uh, you guys give her a follow, and if you're looking for some strategies or some tips or some help or anything, you know, feel free to reach out to her. I'm, I'm sure she will uh, be glad to help you in any way that she can. Uh, and for uh, for our listeners out there, let me thank you again for giving me your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. We're having so much fun with this podcast. I hope you guys are, are enjoying it, listening as well, and, and able to take something home, um, take something away from it that you can use in your classrooms or your buildings. Um, And so we're going to sign off. And until the next episode, cheers. Education 3.0 is produced by the instructional coaches from iTeach at Kennesaw State University. You can reach out to them for more information, questions, or comments at their website, www.ksuiteach.org, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.